0: Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzz podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed. Football base! <laughs> Disclaimer The following is an opinion based podcast.
1: Hello! And welcome to Football Beef, the podcast where we settle debates surrounding current stars as well as legends of the game. I'm your host, Laura. On the grill today, it's none other than boy wonder turned singing donut himself, Michael Owen. Here's Kaylee with some quick facts on Owen.
0: Michael Owen quick facts. Clubs. Liverpool, Real Madrid, Newcastle United, Manchester United and Stoke City Senior Debut May 1997 v Wimbledon Club Football Total Appearances and Goals 483 Matches and 223 Goals Retirement May 2013 v Southampton Club Honours 1 Premier League Title 1 FA Cup 3 English League Cups 1 UEFA Cup 1 UEFA Super Cup and 2 Charity Shields Personal Honours Ballon d'Or 2001 Two Two Premier League Golden Boots 1 Premier League Player of the Year Award BBC Sports Personality of the Year 2001 English Football Hall of Fame 2004 PFA Young Player of the Year 1997-98 Season International 89 Caps 40 Goals England notable fact he holds the record for being the youngest player to reach hundred Premier League goals
1: Thank you Kaylee now it's time for the meaty portion of the podcast debate time debate Michael Owen this week I'm joined by Daniel the Devil Jones hello
2: hey how are you
1: I'm good thank you and you're joined by Tommy the professor of football manager Pittman hello Tommy hello. How are we? And it's the Geordie Messiah himself, John Squires. Hello. Hello, everyone. Is everyone ready to debate Owen? Because obviously Daniel's a Man United fan. Owen played for Man United. Squiggy is a Newcastle United fan, in case that goes under the radar, who Owen obviously played for. And... Did he play for
2: Newcastle?
1: Well, we'll get into that because that is another debate. And Tommy obviously is a Liverpool fan who Owen is greatly associated with. Unfortunately, we are not joined by any Stoke City or Real Madrid fans. So, (laughs) the first debate we're going to discuss with Michael Owen is the burning question. Did he fulfil his promise after bursting onto the scene? This is a boy who was once named The Boy Wonder, which is not Robin from Batman, but obviously a lot of hype, come onto the scene young. Let's start with Daniel. Michael Owen, all that promise when he first burst on the scene. you must remember it well as the oldest of the three of us. Four of us. Yeah,
2: thank you. Thank you very much. Um, right, what are we talking about here? We talk about Liverpool, England or football in, oh, general, in general. Because
1: Go in general. I mean, you can divide it up into <laughs> Liverpool and England if you want.
2: No, I just, I mean, did he fulfil his promise? I, I'm... When it's with regards to Liverpool and England, I'm more inclined to say yes. When it comes to football in general, I'm more I feel myself more inclined to say no.
1: Why is that?
2: Well, because I think at the time, Liverpool were they they'd been far removed from being the best team in England, which they were at one point. They went through that transition period for a number of years and they done well enough. They had a real kind of core with some good players there. He had just come into this kind of team with a young Jamie Redknapp, uh, Robbie Fowler doing bits, Stan Collymore was there. And I think he was what they needed at the time. And he looked like he would deliver their goal of climbing up to the top of the table and things like that. But there's obviously something he never managed to achieve with Liverpool. So I feel like... (laughs) he done a good enough job for Liverpool considering where they were at when he got there but with the way he started he looked like he was going to take them to the promised land and never did.
1: Tommy as a Liverpool fan do you feel that's a fair assessment? Do you agree with that or do you think that's a little harsh just containing it to Liverpool for his promise?
3: No I, th- I, I, I think that's fair, fair enough to say obviously his, his record at Liverpool was, was very good he was very much when he did sort of burst through very quickly sort of the main man up front even with Fowler hanging around Around and he was the one that managers wanted to sort of to build the attack around. And I think after he left Liverpool, you know, he always kind of seemed to be angling for a move back to Liverpool. I think he he did it right around Madrid, but he obviously wasn't happy there, or they weren't happy with him for whatever reason. And then Newcastle it seemed very up and down. And then I think he sort of accepted his his bit part role sort of for, for where he was at in his career. I just think, sort of, if you think of like the the Color in when he first burst through, even sort of from. 98 up until probably 2002 2003 something like that 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 was what you were hoping to see continue or see more of and you know this expectation that he would go on to obviously he won the ballon d'or and then sort of continue to do that and go on sort of like to break all sorts of records and things like that i don't think his career ended up really sort of living up to that whether that's down to like the career moves that he made his injury records and or football just changing in general, I suppose. I think Liverpool he was obviously a success. After that, depends what you would what he would want to define a success, or what you would define as success. And living up to your potential, is it going on to play for two more huge clubs and winning something at one of them? Or is it actually being, you know, the player in the world, which, again, I think is sort of what it looked like he might be able to go on and achieve. And I don't think he sort of really lived up to that.
2: Hold on, we'll get to Newcastle in a minute, but I almost want to feel like I'm defending Squiggy's honour here. So Tommy just said that when he left Liverpool, he went on to play for two major clubs. So he ended up playing for Real Madrid, Newcastle United, and then Manchester United. I think we can all discount Stoke as being a major club because they're just not. But which of those three are the two major clubs
3: there? R- R- Real and Man United. Like, they are global football clubs. I'm not going to get offended by that. Cause particularly at I- the times that he was playing for them. Yeah. I agree. Interesting.
1: Squeaky, any thoughts on whether Owen fulfilled his potential? Because obviously as a Newcastle fan, you didn't get to see him at his best, but if you looked at his career... Didn't get to see him. Why would you say that? Michael
3: Owen, he played for us. (laughs) This doesn't sound right.
1: (laughs) All the hype that obviously was him as the boy wonder, England's great next big striker after the Jelinekas and that, do you think he fulfilled his potential?
4: No, I don't think so. I kind of agree with Tommy and Daniel, really. I think like he did a lot at Liverpool and maybe if he'd stayed at Liverpool he would have gone on to fulfill a bit more of that promise but it's another one did did he peak too soon so you know he he won the Ballon d'Or in what 2001 made his debut in 1997 did he did he peak too soon and that he won that too early on because I think if you look at that you could sort of say oh he's won the Ballon d'Or you know he's had a very good career but he only won that after being playing professional football well senior professional football for what four or five years so did he did he peak too soon since then did it go downhill a little bit i mean i know he scored obviously that goal in was it 98 against argentina in the world cup and that and that kind of like announced him on the world stage but did he really do much after that after 2001 and I think if you take his career up to just 2001 and maybe a little bit after that, you can say that, you know, all the promise was there and he, he was fulfilling it. And then it kind of went downhill after he left Liverpool and went to Real Madrid. And then obviously came to came to us and it went even more downhill from there.
2: I so... mean, actually, to jump on that, though, so you just touched on his Ballon d'Or and I think you would probably agree that at that time it was his hottest point in his career hence why he got recognised for the Ballon d'Or but I would wonder what you would do with the information that he played more games for Newcastle United in the 2007-2008 and in fact 2008-2009 season than he did in his year that he got nominated and won the Ballon d'Or for Liverpool while he was with Liverpool so I mean like we, we it's easy to jump on and say you know He barely turned out for Newcastle, but I think it's easy to remember for the first couple of seasons, he barely got a game at Liverpool, uh, sorry, at Newcastle. But then his last two seasons there, he was pretty much on the pitch every single week. And he actually played more games for Newcastle than he did in his Ballon d'Or winning season for Liverpool.
1: But then are you going to argue that it's a case of making the most of your minutes? Because 30 goals in 79 appearances isn't as flattering as it may be, as in the amount of minutes and what he actually did on them Newcastle appearances. Because it's 79 appearances for Newcastle Uh. on paper makes it sound like... Wow, that's the second most he made for any club. Obviously, Liverpool way in front were two. nice.
2: No, and I, I completely agree with you. However, in his Ballon d'Or winning season, he scored eight goals in 27 appearances for Liverpool. However, in his 2007-2008 season, when he actually turned up for Newcastle and was like, OK, I'm here, this is what I can do, he ended up scoring eleven goals in twenty-nine appearances. So, I mean, he done better for Newcastle in that season than he did in his Ballon d'Or winning season for Liverpool. Were you
4: any in uh, that? So, did he did he win the Ballon d'Or based on the season before, before he got all the injuries?
2: No. So he he had fourteen appearances with three goals the previous season.
4: So why did he win the Ballon d'Or? Was every good footballer injured at that point, or something?
2: No, he won the <laughs> Ballon d'Or because he was a really good looking English guy and it was like our hope. I think we need a lot of hope and he was...
4: Well, why he, haven't me and Tommy won the Ballon d'Or?
3: You don't play football, you play cricket.
4: Yeah, it's a good point actually.
3: I think it's very easy to look at him winning the Ballon d'Or and say that he fulfilled his potential, but I think winning it once at the point that he did when Liverpool had won three trophies is very different and so I know that now we compare people to the footballing freaks are Messi and Ronaldo but like you look at them and say yeah they fulfill their potential even something like Luka Modric who, who won it when Croatia got to the World Cup final and things like that and you go yeah they, they've lived up to it it's not that it's easy to win the Ballon d'Or but I don't think you can use that as a thing to say that you won the Ballon d'Or yeah he's, he's he lived yeah. up to his potential and that's
4: that's I wasn't saying that he lived up his potential I'm saying did he peak too soon by winning the Ballon d'Or that's what I'm sort think, of saying. I'm not saying that he yeah, I, think, I, I don't think, think
3: he did. If, if if somebody wins the Ballon d'Or at that stage of their career, I think living up to their potential, maybe, maybe it's unfair to sort of to, to put these expectations on, you know, young, youngish footballers to say, oh, well, you've won it now, but like, you should win it at least one more time in your career. But I think that's that's kind of what you would probably expect at that point. And I know that it wasn't, you know, until Messi and Ronaldo wasn't always won by the same player every single year in a row one five times or something like that but you know he, he did play even if it was a massive reduced role until 2013 so in the 12 years of, of his career after winning the Ballon d'Or he didn't get close to that point again yeah so not that he peaked too soon just that I think you kind of would look at it and be like oh well that would be the start of it if you showed somebody who had no knowledge of Michael Owen or football or anything like that and you started showing him showing them the videos and then you said, this year he won the Ballon d'Or. they go, oh, and that's, they, they gave that to like the best footballer voted for by all these people around the world. They go, oh, wait, well, he, yeah, he must have won it again. And yeah. then you told them, actually, no, he didn't. They'd be like, oh.
4: Yeah, it's Creole went down the drain after that. No, not down the drain. Maybe that's harsh. You
2: said- no, but it was never at the point that he should have won the Ballon d'Or. It was a complete farce. Raoul was clearly the better player that year. And it it's essentially like the prom king it doesn't mean anything it just means you're the most popular guy at the party it's like it doesn't mean anything Michael Owen was never a Ballon d'Or winner look at his statistics look at the style that he played he never scored more than 20 goals a season in fact he never even scored 20 a season for any club he wouldn't be someone you'd consider is a world class player he was very good and he was fresh and new and exciting but he was never amazing like compare him to today's game you wouldn't even like you couldn't even hold a candle to him and the fact that I think it got touched on earlier that he was the youngest person to ever hit 100 goals in the Premier League yeah great the youngest person to ever do it. But it took him six seasons to do it. It took Alan Shearer three and a half seasons at Blackburn. Liverpool are this powerhouse in English football and it took him six seasons to get 100 goals. Playing alongside players like Robbie Fowler, Steve McManum, Like these absolute quality players where Alan Shearer done it in three and a half seasons. And I feel like this is too much credit being pushed on Michael Owen for doing his job. It took him six years to score 100 goals in the Premier League, I, I just I feel like there's too much smoke being blown here. Personally,
1: when you say about 20 goals, you're only counting league goals. I'm assuming because he did have a 28 goal season, but it's just kind of funny how he never he always he did he had a, yeah. he, <laughs> he
2: had two you just but...
1: league goals because I like how he hit 19 goals twice. <laughs> Obviously, a bit cursed with number 20.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of my point. I just feel like it's Michael Owen because we're all of a relative age. Yes, I'm dropping a few years off myself here, but because we're all of a relative age, we all see him as this messiah and this this great player but he wasn't and I think now if we were between the 10 to 15 mark we'd be looking at people like Jamie Vardy and going he's amazing but comparatively Jamie Vardy is better than Michael Owen has he been mentioned in a Ballon d'Or no like do you know what I
4: mean yeah I think it's it's a it's a weird one with Owen because I think people always go back to the 98 World Cup and when he scored that goal and that's kind of a lot of the only thing people mention, and I think he's been living on that reputation for most of his career. You know, when people talk about Michael Owen, they talk about oh that goal he scored against Argentina, or the was it the hat trick he scored against Germany in the five-one. Yeah. I think if you look at his international career, his international career was probably better than his club career, and his international career wasn't really brilliant
3: either. It just oh, I think it it, de- it, de- it depends what you what you want from football, or what you imagine it to be. Like I think if you're a player who can deliver those iconic moments that's not a stick to beat people with like obviously winning loads of trophies and all this stuff is is great winning Ballon d'Or five times yes but I don't think saying oh but other than that what did he do like he did he didn't win the trophies that he probably wanted to or that we might have again expected him to based on when he came through but you know for a long time like he was going to be England's record scorer he won a treble with Liverpool he won those trophies in one season he was you <laughs> A phenomenal player at the time and you know to, as a kid going on to the World Cup stage in 98 scoring that goal, scoring that trick against Germany like a lot of the time I think football is about like those iconic moments that you can look back on and be like that was amazing, and yes it might like provide sort of slightly rose tinted look at things but I don't think that's something that you should use to you know beat a player with and be like oh yeah he did that and that's what we all talk about, that's what football's about, it's about having that moment of being like I remember when that player did that absolutely insane thing and we all went mental.
2: It's really interesting speaking to a Liverpool fan about this because I knew the treble would come up tonight. Obviously, 2000, 2001, it looked like Liverpool were back to their best. However, can you honestly say you were happy with Michael Owen's performances that season? Based on the knowledge that FA Cup final, yeah, okay, he won that final for you guys. He ended up scoring two in the final. Amazing. The UEFA Cup, I'm, I, I'm literally racking my brain He only scored in the first round. Maybe, maybe he got the second round as well. However, he was a ghost for most of that tournament and in the Carabao Cup at the time the uh, I can't remember what it was called the Worthington Cup or whatever it was he didn't even play in the final and I feel like yes the FA Cup could be added to his resume but the other two shouldn't be based on the facts that he was
3: I don't think you can say that a thing shouldn't be part of his like trophy or because he didn't score in the final that's not how football works he was part of no, get, the team that made that. it there he was the equal top scorer in Europe for the UEFA Cup
2: Okay, fair enough. He's, he was
3: part of the team getting to the final, even if he didn't win the final single-handedly by himself. And the he Carabao was part Cup of that team.
2: in team, and the Carabao Cup when he wasn't even in the team. Heskey and Fowler were played over
3: him. He was. He was. He was part of the Liverpool team that got there. Again, I. I. I it's. It's twenty-one years ago. I don't remember it. No, I get that <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly. But I think that's,
2: it's that's really the only thing. He's got a Ballon d'Or that's got an asterisk next to it, and he's got a he's got a treble he's one of the only English players that's got a treble against their name in a season and I feel there's an asterisk against that as well and I just I for me I always feel that Michael Owen will be that guy that's there's just always that asterisk next to his name that the was he that good
1: if it makes you feel better he scored a goal in the Carling Cup final whatever EFL Cup whatever you want to call it over Man United in 2003 just call,
2: just
3: call it the League
2: Cup yeah, the League it's much Cup. easier yeah. Yeah. thank you Tommy if you
1: want he helped beat you know Man United to it so you've got a goal in that final if that makes you feel better so you can shine that medal it yeah.
2: helps a little bit does.
1: well I was gonna say before we touch on in this debate um would you say that his promise was inflated because of how hyped he got young is that also part of the debate here That I think, he-
3: I, I think that happens to every young footballer when they come through and they yeah and they do something like that
4: I mean like, I'm sure I'm sure Theo Walcott's still called the next big thing
3: yeah exactly it's, it's that kind of thing if you're if you're that age or you, you do something when you are 16 or 17 or 18 Or whatever it is, like you do immediately. It's just part of, I think. Football fandom, sports fandom, whatever it is. Yeah. it, happened, it fans... happened. when
4: Rooney scored, didn't it? When he scored yeah. that goal against Arsenal, like, oh exactly. yeah, he is. Fa- fa- uh,
3: fans and pundits immediately go, "It's going to be great." Partly because you're a are literal child doing those things with like fully grown men and embarrassing them. That you go, "Oh, he must be good." I agree with that actually.
2: But do you, do you also not feel that that's something in us being? It's like the quintessential British thing. The the I think I think I just think it's a general greater. football thing.
3: I think I think I. Th- I, th- I th- think it happens in every country
2: the way that us as English football fans attach ourselves to a player and going this is the guy this is our team this is the one that's going to make things different I feel like Michael Owen was really the predecessor for that I guess it obviously happened at Italia 90 as well obviously and so on but for me in my generation certainly Michael Owen was that first person you looked at and went there he is that's the guy that's going to win us the world cup or that's the guy that's going to win us the European championship
1: so to sum up this, did he fulfil his promise after bursting on the to the scene? Oh, Daniel and Tommy saying yes with an asterisk at Liverpool in a nice little bubble and Squiggy's just saying no. No,
3: I'm I'm saying no because I would look at his his overall football career.
1: Right, we're gonna move on to the other debate now and ask whether you consider Owen a one dimensional striker. AK is he too reliant on his speed and that's kind of why his career and injuries did wreck him more than most players and he didn't really change his game i'm gonna go for squiggy because squiggy got to see him more injury
4: hit. well yeah i was gonna say it's not a bad thing being one dimensional but i think you've got to be able to adapt and i'm not i'm not 100 sure that owen Adapted after that, after his injuries, I think you know pace is fantastic to have. And if a striker's got pace, then they're onto something good. But you lo- the striker loses the pace eventually, and you've got to be able to adapt. And Shearer did that. Shearer was never quick, but when he was younger, obviously he had a he had a yard of pace about him. And then when he lost that yard of pace, you know, it was, he could score goals from anywhere still. And obviously, he could bully defenders. And I don't think Owen had that second like that extra bow extra strength to his bow and I think when he when he had all the injuries and he suffered I think he struggled a little bit because I think he still wanted to play on the shoulder of the last man but didn't have the pace to do that but there's nothing wrong with that I just think he struggled to adapt a little bit and maybe that's because he had a lot of injuries and maybe that sort of took its toll on his body because you know he wouldn't He wouldn't win anything in the air really and when he played at Newcastle he had Shearer to win all of that and he was there for the knockdowns and he played that role perfectly but then when Shearer went he kind of struggled a little bit because there was no one around him to sort of bring that ball down for him just to to tap in as a poacher I would say he's probably a very good a very good poacher and he was for Newcastle but yeah I think he was a bit he was a bit one-dimensional
1: fair assessment, Daniel? I mean, you got him at Man United scoring a beautiful goal against Man City.
2: Oh, never forget it. I actually broke my TV with that goal. I got overexcited and jumped into the TV and it didn't bode very well. Actually, I would say the, the narrative that he is a one-dimensional striker is a little bit lost because obviously it was his pace that brought him to the forefront and that's, I mean, that goal against Argentina, that was his pace that really kind of highlighted his attributes but I dare say it was almost the complete striker you know he was right footed and I'm going to touch on this a little bit later but he could also score with his head as well and being a short ass I think he's like five foot six he would still come in with the occasional header and I think for certainly a shorter player you don't see that very often at all I remember looking at him around 2000 2001 and thought yeah he is a complete striker when it comes to football when it comes to playing that number 10 role or number nine whatever the most prominent striker is like I felt like he was a complete enough striker so I wouldn't say he was very one-dimensional his pace does impede him almost a little bit because that's what he'll be recognized for but no he wasn't a one-dimensional striker at all
3: I think he was very reliant on his pace which isn't like a bad thing if you've got an asset like that you have to use it i think i kind of probably tend to be a bit more with squiggy and that he until sort of he was like coming towards the end of his career he didn't really start to adapt much more and i guess maybe that's sort of why why the question is what it is about him sort of being more one-dimensional he's not like harry kane as an example i guess that immediately comes to mind obviously as a phenomenal goal scorer and for a lot of the time He has been Like at the, the top Of the pitch Like the very top As that number nine Sort of in the box But over the last couple of years Whether it's because of his Injuries The way the team's playing Or him losing Like a little bit of pace He's gotten slightly older He's been able to Drop deeper And, and pass the ball more And become that kind of Hybrid Number nine Number ten Sort of thing Like I I don't think that Owen sort of really Had that in his locker Um, And his Dribbling I think Was more based on being able to knock it past somebody and and, and and get on to the end of it more than anything so I'd I probably say he is relatively one dimensional, again I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing if you've got one thing that you know you can do better than everybody else on the pitch and that's going to get you results then then you'll do it But Ian Robin would, his thing was that he would pick up the ball, he would run at you, he'd cut inside onto his left foot and he would curl it into the far corner and it would be a goal and he wouldn't very often do a lot of other things, like he was somebody who was very reliant on pace. But I don't think Michael was sort of, until the end of his career, able to really adapt following the injuries, where he lost like a little bit of a yard of pace, or maybe he sort of was worried about getting injured again.
1: Looking at the positions he played in, it was only really his time at Newcastle where they tried him in midfield they tried him on the wing there's a couple obviously sub appearances where he's come on like and it's registered he played in
4: midfield for Newcastle yeah what what have what have I missed playing for watching Newcastle
1: attacking midfield apparently he was deployed a few times
4: when Keegan came in and they didn't win for a while and then he changed to a 4-3-3 with Viduka down the middle and Owen and Martin either side of him that was probably the closest he came to playing as a winger but yeah. He was very he was very close to Viduca in all of those games as if he was basically playing as a second striker.
1: But would you say then it's just maybe not opportunity or make that role his own because I mean I'm just looking at something someone for right now who's probably a on your mind squiggy constantly like joel linton it's only since he's given a different position for a consistent amount of games that he's adapted. i get the
4: feeling that owen wanted to be the main man through the middle and that's that's kind of the feeling i would get i you know i'm not i'm not saying this against michael and i could be completely wrong but i feel like a player like him wouldn't enjoy being played out on the wing and wouldn't want to drop into midfield he wants to be that player who plays through the middle on the shoulder of the last man. And I think that's all he wanted to do. And I think maybe managers did try and move him there, but I don't think he was probably receptive to it.
2: I don't think it's about wanting to, actually. I think it's about ability. I don't think Michael Owen had that ability to play out on the wing. I think he needed to be deployed through the middle, otherwise he'd be shown up as what he was. And I just want to touch on a point that Tommy said a moment ago, about mentioning Harry Kane in the same breath as Michael Owen you can't do that they're completely different players you know for me Harry Kane is more of a Gary Lineker he's a goal poacher and in essence that's what Michael Owen had with Robbie Fowler at Liverpool the Robbie Fowler was the goal poacher Robbie Fowler wasn't one that would necessarily sprint and sprint and you know run 30 yards to, to run in on goal. I think you have to play to your strengths. And Michael Owen, while he was very prolific at Liverpool, that's what he could do and that's all he could do. And I think it kind of pays testaments to that fact that at Newcastle, he got played in different positions and didn't quite have the same goal-scoring ability that he did... At Liverpool, despite him being later in his years, and even at Manchester United, he got played up front and only married, managed, like, I'm sure it was less than five goals in his first season for us. And in fact, he might have only scored like five for us overall.
1: 17 overall, but I feel like a lot of these are going to be Carlin Cup games.
2: Yeah, for no, me. I'm on about league here. I mean, the fact is, look at every number you can, look at all the stats, all the goals, everything like that. Michael Owen retired at 25 years old when he went out to Real Madrid. It's an absolute fact. He just did. He was very injury-prone at Liverpool. Liverpool didn't get back what I feel they probably invested in him, basing their strike force around him, I think. But for me, I feel like Liverpool were kind of dealt a raw deal in the fact that he done as best as I think he could, given what he could work with. Obviously, he never won the league with Liverpool. He won a couple of cups, yeah, sure. Never won the big one, never won the Champions League or anything like that. But I think he done the best he could with Liverpool, but then jumped ship in his peak. Obviously, most people would consider the peak of a striker being 24, 25 years of age. And that's when he went out to Real Madrid. And from there, he just he just fell away really
3: just a couple of points I think him sort of going into midfield or out on the wing I think it wasn't that he wanted to be the main man I'd agree more with Daniel that I just don't think he had the the technical attributes or the physical attributes beyond pace to do that to like a high enough level that he would have been great at it I feel like partly that's probably not all entirely a failing of his I think that's probably related to like the coaching that he probably would have got as a young player who could run really really quickly and score goals I think that would have been the focus that it was a time when they wouldn't have made him work on his dribbling or like the link up play to if, if you had a player like Michael Owen coming through now he would almost certainly be a number 10 or if he was a striker he would be one who drops deeper to get the ball and plays a 1-2 and runs in behind or a winger he wouldn't be the pacey striker up front which I think is also what hurt Theo Walcott that he was very quick they put him on the pitch and he could run fast they were like cool all ready to play football so I think that probably didn't help him and, and then just before we move on Michael Owen was absolutely a goal poacher like that was his thing if a defender made a mistake he was on it he would be a few on goal and he, he'd score there was like a stylistic difference with Robbie Fowler which you said Daniel I think where Fowler wasn't gonna out sprint the defender sort be right on the last line and just absolutely obliterate them whereas Michael Owen would and then also I think after his career at Liverpool when he went to Real Madrid and then after a year went to Newcastle I think you'd also have to look at the team that he was in and the play that he had in terms of his scoring record the yes the injuries had sort of probably started to get to at that point he was getting injured fairly regularly but i i don't think you would sort of necessarily expect sort of to walk into a, a team that at that point was starting to struggle a bit more and expect him to i don't know sort of deliver the same sort of numbers as he was when he was an incredibly quick 21 year old in a team that was set up for him and managers were trying to work with him
1: so you're all going on record and saying he's one dimensional but not in a bad way
2: i I think my point was the complete opposite actually
4: yeah daniel daniel thought he was a complete striker i think he's one dimensional but it's not it's not a bad thing to be one dimensional like footballers are one dimensional some don't have a second foot they can kick a ball with but they're good enough on their other foot to get away with it so it's not a bad thing but yes i think he's one dimensional
3: yes he was he was heavily reliant on his pace and off the ball movement and, and running in behind or just being in the right place at the right time rather than like link up play or really properly dribbling past somebody or, or passing or anything like that. So again, not not a bad thing.
1: But Daniel at least thinks he's complete. So if Michael Owen, if you're listening, Daniel's in your fan club.
3: I'm really
2: not.
1: Question three might be the most telling here because the final debate on Michael Owen to discuss is whether Michael Owen is overrated or underrated due to how his career ended with him barely playing. Obviously nine games in his last season with Stoke City. We'll start with Tommy. Would you say he's overrated, underrated, legacy-wise, looking back now on the whole package?
3: I'd I'd probably go overrated if you really had to push me, because I think again sort of going back to sort of our initial question of did he fulfil his promise? I would say no, and I think a lot of it is about the early stage of his career, which was phenomenal, but then the rest of it wasn't as good as it could have been, and so for that I'd, I'd probably say again if you push me overrated, but I if if I'm being honest i i feel like he's probably appropriately rated because i feel like a lot of the conversation about it comes down to his injuries you know the impact that he had coming through as a teenager and then people generally acknowledge that he was badly affected by injuries and that that then impacted him later on in his career but i guess it was the overall point slightly overrated i'm probably in agreement with tommy i i do
4: think probably based on his early career he was possibly overrated but overall i think like tommy said when you take into account his injuries and what actually happened towards the end of his career, I think he's probably in the right bracket. I think maybe that he was possibly overrated by Newcastle fans when he came when he signed for them, because I think they expected the the wonder kid that burst onto the scene in nineteen ninety-eight and obviously they didn't get that. Or a Real
3: Madrid player.
4: Or a Real Madrid player, yeah. So possibly possibly adding Real Madrid into his, his teams that he's played for possibly makes him a lot more overrated than he is. If you look at his if you just look at his teams that he's played for, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Newcastle will ignore that part. In my view you'd probably think he's a brilliant player when in reality he was a good player but I wouldn't say he was brilliant. So I'd I'd go overrated. Just a little bit.
1: Daniel?
2: I've got to say, I thought that was beautifully put by both Tommy and Squiggy there. I think they both raised really kind of poignant points in the fact that looking at his earlier career, I think if you were to, to split it and say, was he overrated or underrated at Liverpool? I would say probably underrated because he was their main man and he was the guy that was doing it for them. Okay, like I said earlier, they have never won They never won the league. I think he got to second. They, they managed to finish second. After that, like Squee touched upon there when he left for Real Madrid, Newcastle, Man United, Stoke City you're always kind of expecting that uh, that wonder kid that was at Liverpool or the Real Madrid player that Tommy touched on there and I think for that reason and because after he left Liverpool he still had such a career ahead of him I would have to agree that he's overrated.
3: You should change the name from Football Beef to Football Friends Agree About Football Fact. If you said to someone In 2001,
4: the Michael Owens career would sort of just peter out. He would play for these other clubs and it would kind of just peter out. You'd probably go, nah. No chance. I would never ask you, And I think that's, like what Dino said, that's why we're kind of talking about him because of the promise that he showed and then sort of
0: fell
2: away. Can we talk about him being a pundit now?
1: We can, because you know what the next segment is? It's pundit patrol.
0: <laughs> pundit patrol.
1: Let's
2: go. Pundit
1: patrol. Well, we're now going to hear some quotes from pundits, experts and a mix of people that actually worked with Owen during his career and what they said about him. This is quoted by Kevin Keegan. You just need to determine whether this is harsh or fair. He said, Michael can keep the ball all day, sees a pass and knows when to release it. He'll score lots of goals from deep and if he can stay fit, he'll play on in midfield until he's 36 or 37. I didn't realise what a good footballer Michael was before. Obviously, this Um, is from a certain point during the... Is this this harsh or...
3: You said harsh or fair. Um, There's no no deluded option. (laughs) Fact fact or fiction.
1: (laughs) Obviously, his prediction didn't come true. He didn't move to midfield. He didn't get the age. But obviously, this is a quote showing that he was rated technically. And, you know, he was deceptively better than people thought. And considering we had a conversation about one-dimensional... Like like
4: I said... Kevin Keegan was running a soccer circus school. That's all I'm let gonna me, say.
2: Let me tell you, I'll I'll love it if this is true. I will love it if this is true.
3: Unfortunately, I, I, think, is this, true. I think we all agree that this is not a fair statement to make about Michael Owen. Obviously, it's not harsh because it's no. very complimentary but yeah. I, I just don't... Very nice. obviously 2020 20 hindsight and all that but you know if when I was watching maybe not when I was like 8 years old watching Michael Owen if somebody says do you think you'll play until he's 37 and play in midfield and score loads of goals I would have been like buh uh, if I was watching him now I'd look at him and go no, I don't think he's got it in him to do that
2: this just adds weight to the fact that Kevin Keegan was deluded he thought that Newcastle would end up beating United to the title didn't happen he thought that Michael Owen would go on alright
3: to... alright um, I mean they win a league title before Man United do, so <laughs>
2: he uh, Eddie's
3: mighty mags and all that.
2: He he thought that Michael Owen had gone and played till thirty six, thirty seven.
1: We're gonna move on to another England manager. Obviously this was said a little bit after ninety eight, this we're talking early two thousands, said that Michael Owen is a good goal scorer, not a natural born one, put in brackets not yet, because you know, that takes time. I find it weird that he's saying it takes time to become a natural born. It takes time
3: to be naturally born to do something. <laughs> yeah, to be vulgar. Nobody comes out the pretty drawing Mozart, so you know. I disagree. I th- I think he was like uh, just a natural finisher.
2: I would absolutely agree with Tommy. He was a natural
3: goal scorer.
1: Should we go to one of the Better England managers in recent memory, then. Well, <laughs> man, oh, that's, that's a separate football beef, Laura.
3: That's a separate one. do Steve McLaren quote. Is there Steve McLaren? quote? Oh, no, no, no. At least, least he actually got to manage a good football team at
2: one so, point.
1: This quote comes from Roy Hodgson. Palace.
2: <laughs> oh, that's true. Watford.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna ignore that. But Roy Hodgson said this was after Owen's retirement, so Roy's had the pleasure of seeing how Owen's career folded out across its whole period here when he said this, but Michael Owen's record of 89 England appearances and 40 goals is a magnificent landmark. Some of his international strikes were spectacular and have already gone down in England's modern football history. Although I never got to work with him personally, he always conducted himself extremely well on and off the pitch and was a fine ambassador for English football. I feel this is a classy way of saying he didn't upset anyone, but he was all right.
2: Roy Hodgson is the granddad I've always wanted. I, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if you messed up in school or if you've done if you've done bad or anything like that. I feel like granddad Roy will always, will always be nice about you. I feel like he would be always the one with the sweets and the fiver that he would tuck in your pocket. Like, I never worked with him... But he always handled himself very well. Like, what is that based
3: on? Apart from you just
2: trying to be nice,
3: his
1: little match interviews after, and he was like, "Thanks." Yeah, like
3: he would have bumped into him around the place. It's because he can barely see. He's at Watford. <laughs> he, you know, he turned up there accidentally. I mean, I mean, he didn't. He didn't have like off the field problems. Like he was no. generally seemed to be pretty well behaved. Apart from Castle. Or wasn't that just that he didn't want to play for you? He just wanted to play for Liverpool he, again. He just, he
4: just wanted. He just wanted to be off the field. <laughs> the problem.
2: No, you know what? The fact is that Michael Owen has never come across like a dick or anything like that. He he comes across as an idiot every week on BT Sport but he doesn't come across as like like an arsehole that would do something bad. Like modern footballers, he's not that kind of guy. I think he's he's too much of a good boy for that.
3: Prior to the massing artist he's too boring for that. Yeah,
2: Yeah. no, I wanted to say boring but I didn't want to be too mean so I'll just say he's not an arsehole but he's like, you know he's, he's just too much of a good boy for that.
1: I'm going to go to the next quote which is from Gary Lineker and uh, the truth about Michael Owen's career he had a phenomenally successful career for a period of time and after that he was blighted by injuries probably the fairest assessment around
4: yeah yeah I think Gary Lineker speaks for all of us
3: basically yeah incredible at the start he was obviously successful particularly at Liverpool and then the injuries built up and affected him and then he had more injuries and then he wasn't as good as he used to be
2: I think that he did have a, a phenomenal enough career for the first six, seven years, and then after that, not bad.
1: So we go to David Fairclough for the next quote. He had a great career at Liverpool, though, and a lot of their style was geared to getting the best out of Michael. Gerard Houllier basically gave him free reign, whereas everybody else was very disciplined. Michael was crucial to the success of Liverpool in his early years. Once again, we've touched on this a bit Do you feel this is kind of a little bit backhanded, though, by saying that basically he succeeded because everything was geared towards him? I
4: think you could read it both ways. Like, everything was set up for him, but also everything was set up for him because of how good he was. If you want to go that way, like yeah. I don't think he was that good, but you could put it, you could read it in two ways, I suppose.
3: That's that. that that's that's how I would read it, and it, I think generally that's how certain football managers, certain football teams, are set up. They've got somebody who is incredible at doing something, so you set up to let them do that thing. And if that thing was to get Michael Owen to score a goal, then yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's probably probably fair as well. You know, he was the the main striker, like, was Robbie Fowler left while he was there and Julio was willing to let that happen because he was like, "Oh, i got Michael Owen and also Emma Heskey, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, I think it's fair and I don't think it's sort of like a, a backhanded thing to say at all.
2: Yeah, I agree with Tommy. I think um, when you have a player with the capabilities that Michael Owen did have, you play to their strengths and if playing to their strengths means giving them free reign, then that's what you do as a football manager. You let you let the player play how he needs to play and hope for better results. I think it obviously proved pretty well for him.
3: I also I I don't think it was quite free reign in the same way that, for example, Neymar at PSG or probably Messi at PSG, or maybe even Mbappe at PSG has where it's kind of like, well I just need to get everybody else to do your running and do your work for everyone you. Else, everyone
4: else defend. You just exactly. stand at the top end of the pitch. I don't think it's
3: quite that, that free yeah. array. I think, it was, I think it probably means more about you, you, you play you through, through the, 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 of the, pitch. the last of You get yeah. in the box.
1: Once again, we go to a nice England legend in the form of Sir Trevor Brookin for a quote here. He said, unfortunately, Owen started to get hamstring trouble, which was a huge frustration for all of us. He never really lost his pace, but he had to change his game slightly because that explosiveness of off the mark was a key part of his game. Ability-wise, though, he had everything. And if he did not get injured, I think 100 caps and 50 goals for England would have been a certainty. But as well as his playing ability, he was a role model too. He behaved well and conducted himself well. Anil, is that you?
2: The- I mean, yeah, to a point. Obviously, Michael Owen with his hamstrings was not the um, not really the story you wanted to read. Like, he was very, very, very injury-prone. But he had the ability to play pretty damn well and I I just I feel like this is the kind of point that we're always going to touch upon with Michael Owen like it's always there. he had the ability he had the skill he had everything to make him one of the best strikers probably of all time but we never got to see it
1: I will also point out given that he got 89 caps and 40 goals I'm really looking forward we missed out on them final uh, 11 games where he would have scored 10 goals in that period if just on the and we
4: would have won the world cup
1: take those numbers literally for him to be on 100 caps and 50 goals that's 10 goals in 11 games
2: no doubt I think maybe yeah but then you look at the team that he was playing with and that's, we, we touch upon the golden generation. So you, there's an argument for all of this kind of era of players that we probably should have won the World Cup, we probably should have won the Euros, or we should have won something, done something better, but we didn't. And I think looking at them all individually there's there's tells in why we didn't. And it's not just as a team, it's individually. Like Michael Owen was a phenomenal goal scorer but he had flaws. The fact that he was the probably arguably the most unphysical forward i've ever seen like he he could not go one-on-one with the defender in terms of muscling someone off like I said earlier he's like five foot six and probably weighed a buck 50 soaking wet like he didn't weigh anything he wasn't strong enough to out muscle a defender to get in on goal and when you start breaking down each of the players from that golden generation you start finding flaws on why we didn't actually win anything
1: anyone got any thoughts about the comment that he never really lost his pace is that just being a polite to say? no I don't think he ever
2: did really lose his pace I mean even <laughs> to the point that you said earlier with hit that goal he scored against Man City in that derby he was always a player for a derby as well I remember like he he would always do very well in a derby but like he even that goal there he still had to have pace about him the fact that he tracked back in and ended up slotting it in but it showed it even then in the celebration afterwards when he ran around the back of the goal like you could see he still had pace about him I don't think he ever really lost his pace not quite to the point that it was detrimental to his game
1: I mean if he'd gone any longer it might be his explosiveness as he put it that was more the key that sharp
4: yeah you might not lose you might not lose your pace he probably did lose a little bit of pace but not massively but when you lose your explosiveness it doesn't matter how quick you are if you can't start It's quick if you know what I mean. If you can't accelerate, it's quick, it doesn't matter.
2: That makes sense.
1: We're going to go to the Golden Generations manager, England-wise now, Sven Goren Eriksson. He said he has been a fantastic footballer for all the clubs he played for and for England. You always knew that he was danger all the time. He was very easy to manage. Tommy, you think this is a fair assessment? Because I think that's, once again, a nice sum up of him, that you he was on a pitch, he could always score goals. No matter if he did nothing in the game, he might pop up with a goal.
3: I think I think, I think that bit is definitely definitely fair. Uh, I'm sure Squiggy will, uh, or it's probably Squiggy, but more squeaky- I'd say, we'll we'll have opinions about him being a fantastic footballer, but all the clubs he played for.
1: I think Stoke also might be a little
3: bit. (laughs) But I feel like Man United kind of knew what they were getting. I feel like Stoke probably at that point kind of knew and accepted what they were getting as well, but he was a danger, particularly at the start of his career when he was on the pitch you know you knew that if you got a chance if you could get him through if a defender made a mistake that he would you know be there to try and sweep up and put it in the back of the net I wouldn't say that he he was always a he was always a fantastic footballer for the clubs he paid for
2: then no, no it's not true and it shows how deluded Svenjorn Eriksson was like he he wasn't a fantastic footballer for every club he played for I think obviously Stoke were very lucky to get him because they probably sold a boatload of shirts with Owen on it. A club the size of Stoke City would have been very, very lucky to get him being ex-Man United, ex-Newcastle, ex-Real Madrid and ex-Liverpool. But no, I do agree to a point what he said there, he was very easy to manage. I don't think there was probably a lot to manage with Michael Owen. The fact that it was very much like a child point and shoot kind of scenario. But the fact that he said he was a fantastic football for the clubs he played for no absolutely not i don't need to say anything
1: so john aldridge said michael really tainted his time with liverpool when he ne- went to manchester united and a lot of fans turned against him then with the way liverpool man united are he became tarnished and as such it never be put down as one of the liverpool legends i feel we got to start with tommy as the liverpool fan here
3: i would totally agree to, it's maybe slightly harsh I know at the time I was very unhappy that he went to Man United, but that's partly because I started watching football when Michael Owen burst onto the sea and he was the main reason that I chose to start supporting Liverpool. So it had more of a, a personal impact. He was at a point as well, I think, where when you looked at it, you are like, why are you going to Man United? You're not going to play. Like, at all, surely there's like another team that you could go to that you would actually play for. And so I think, I, think, I think part of, I think it is maybe slightly harsh... I don't think you can speak for every Liverpool fan say that it, taint, it didn't taint his time at Liverpool, it tainted sort of like the perception of him I think, although arguably him refusing to sign a contract so he had to sell him to Real Madrid for like 10 million was more of a problem than him then going to Man United when Rafa Benitez and Liverpool had probably had three or four chances to sign him again if they'd really wanted to and they clearly didn't want to, so why did it really matter?
1: Daniel, as the Man United fan, your thoughts on this then do you think that that was basically what I Sacrificed when he went to Man United? No. It's,
2: it's absolute rubbish, to be honest. I think the fact that, yes. Obviously the Liverpool Man United rivalry is huge. It's probably the, the fiercest rivalry in Brit- in English football, certainly. Not maybe not British, but certainly English football. But he would say that, to be honest. I, I don't think Liverpool fans would have thought the same thing about Paul Wintz. for example, that oh you're ex-Man United, so you're a scumbag, and you know, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a history with Liverpool because you played for Man United. Of course not. And Peter Beardsley Obviously, I don't think he made any appearances for United, but I know he was owned by them at one point and ended up playing for Liverpool. So, no, for anything like that, it's just, it's old men shouting at clouds and I I wouldn't pay any weight to anything that John Aldridge says in terms of the Liverpool-May United rivalry and the fact that Michael Owen tarnished his career for Liverpool. He made Liverpool better and I think that's really all there is to it.
1: We're going to move on to a Liverpool legend, Phil Thompson, who said seeing Michael at Liverpool in 2001 as the Ballon d'Or winner was in incredible. While I also saw him do some incredible things at Anfield at a time when he was probably the best striker in Europe. He played for three of the biggest supported clubs in the world in Liverpool, Real Madrid and Manchester United. And while he could have won more and played more games for those clubs, my goodness, what a player and what a wonderful career. Do you feel this is the looking at the positive vibes? Because you've all discussed these as positive attributes and... When you look at his CV, Michael Owen, because, I mean, he did make a brochure to get his Man United move, didn't he? This feels like a quote that could have been in it.
2: Yeah, I think you have to respect, as much as I dislike Michael Owen, you have to respect any football player that has the capability of playing at the two biggest clubs in English football history in Liverpool and Manchester United, albeit Man United the bigger, and arguably the biggest club in the world in Real Madrid. So you have to have something about you to be able to play for those three clubs and I know Phil Thompson is like he's quite an excitable character but I do agree with him to a point. He probably could have gone on to play more games. He probably could have scored more goals. But I think Mike Lowe is one of those things that's best left to memory. And it's best to leave him in the kind of light that we probably all view him in at the point that he was really good at a point. And like I say, the fact that he played for those three clubs just really argues the point that he was a good enough player.
1: Greg, any comments on this quote? I mean, as one of the biggest supported clubs, Newcastle United, I
4: <laughs> No, I've got no comments. Don't like Phil Thompson. I kind of agree and i kind of disagree i'm not sure about so they played more games one i mean could he? he he wanted to leave liverpool that was his choice so he couldn't have played more games for them real madrid the seldom because he was bang average at real madrid and manu he kind of went there to wind down his career so i'm not too sure about that part because surely if he could have played more games for them he wouldn't have left all three of them at the points that he did, but I agree with what Daniel said about to a point. He was a very good player, and he must have been very good to go to those three clubs.
1: Gonna move on to the final quote now from everyone's favourite, who I'm sure will be a football beef episode one day, Jerry Barton. But he said, "We all dreamed of being Michael Owen, scoring that goal against R.G.'s. Stuff boy's dreams that injury stopped him being one of the greats." Do you think that's fair or harsh, Tommy? Because it's to be fair, I think it's well put.
3: I think I think it's it's fair. Um he he might not have been like one of the, the proper world greats, but you know, he probably would have gotten close to that if he didn't without the injuries. I think sort of with his with his pace and his finishing ability and his goal scoring record up to that point. That yeah, without that, he probably would have gone and had a much more successful career, whether that was staying at Liverpool, or whether it was going to Real Madrid and staying there for longer or then when he came back to the Premier League just being able to play more and do better back in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with Joey Barton. That's a sentence in itself. I think there's a, there's a lot of things to factor in here. That um, Yes, that goal against Argentina, who couldn't love that? Even as a diehard Man United fan, I still loved Michael Owen for that. And because obviously, you know, dislike Liverpool, hate the Argers. That was the stuff that you dream of and... I've got nothing but love and respect for him for that. And I do think when he says about the injuries, he could have been one of the all-time world greats. I agree with him to a point. And I think that if we were to add on to that, without the injuries and without the move to Real Madrid, I think we'd be talking about Michael Owen in the same vein that we'd probably talk about like a Henri and Andy Cole a an actual like great of the Premier League one of the one of the high flyers
4: I agree with Joey Barton pretty much he I think he's he's basically summed up the last however long of football beef in that one tweet and now with that being the end of Pundit Patrol
1: it's time for the quick fire rounds which is all the individual sit downs so does Tommy want to go first sure Tommy Pittman are you ready
3: I'm ready
0: the quick fire round
1: Owen and Fowler or Owen and Heskey
0: Owen and Heskey
1: right to leave Liverpool in 2004 yes or no
3: I mean Liverpool won the Champions League the season after he left so obviously no
1: which Owen quote is worse whichever team scores more goals usually wins or that would have been a goal had it gone inside the post
3: oh that would have been a goal had it gone inside the post I, mean, or Sh- uh. I have to, I have to say it because Squeaky said, "Shira." Michael Owen on the mass singer or Glenn Hoddle on the mass singer? Uh, Glenn Hoddle, because at least he could sing. Michael Owen was just not good.
1: Did Owen deserve the Ballon d'Or in 2001, yes or no?
3: I do remember who else had what seasons at that point, if I'm honest, and Liverpool just won three trophies, which is often what it comes down to, so I'm going to say yes.
1: Goal versus Argentina in 98, or the winning goal via Arsenal in the 2001 FA Cup
3: final? The Argentina goal, I think, is a better goal, and more iconic in general, although obviously absolutely barring us <laughs> not in the last five minutes with two goals, is, is a pretty good thing to do.
1: Cheese and Owen or salt and Inica? Salt and Inica, because I
3: don't like cheese and onion, crisps.
1: Which viral clip is better, the cringe Dubai advert he did or the Michael Owen versus the 13 year old?
3: Well done, he's 13. Got to copy that one.
1: And final question overrated or underrated? Have to
3: say slightly overrated.
1: Squiggy, it's now your turn for the quickfire round. Are you ready?
4: My body is ready.
0: The quickfire round. Owen and Fowler
1: or Owen and Heskey? Owen
4: and Heskey? Ant and and sang about
0: them?
1: Right to leave Liverpool in 2004, yes or no?
4: Based on what Tommy said about Liverpool in the Champions League? No.
1: Which Owen quote is worse? Whichever team scores more goals usually win, or that would have been a goal had it gone inside the post? They're both
4: terrible. Whichever team scores more goals usually wins.
1: Owen or Shearer?
4: Shearer! Shearer!
1: Michael Owen on the Masked Singer or Glenn Hoddle on the Masked Singer? Glenn Hoddle. Did Owen deserve the Ballon d'Or in two thousand one? Yes
4: or no? We had a long discussion about this. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with yes.
1: Gold v Argentina in ninety eight or winning gold v Arsenal two thousand one FA Cup final? Argentina
4: ninety eight.
1: Cheese and Owen or salt and linaker?
4: I mean cheese and onion, but not cheese and owen.
1: Which viral clip is better? Cringe to buy advert or Michael O versus a thirteen year old?
4: Oh the thirteen year old, it's awful.
1: And overrated or underrated? Overrated. Slightly. Daniel, are you ready for your hot seat?
4: Born ready.
0: The quick fire round.
1: Owen and Fowler or in and Heskey?
2: Owen and Fowler, but I don't like how much hate Heskey is getting on this. Heskey is a beautiful man.
1: Right to leave Liverpool in 2004? Yes. Which Owen Crowe is worse? Whichever team scores more goals usually wins, or that would have been a goal had it gone inside the post?
2: Oh, good Lord. I mean, whichever team scores the most goals usually wins. It hurts me to say that.
1: Owen or Shearer?
2: Shearer all day, every day. Should have been at United.
1: Mike Owen on the Masked Singer or Glenn Hoddle on the Mar Singer?
2: You're a monster and you've spoiled the Masked Singer for me. I did not know Michael Owen or Glenn Hoddle was on it. I only found out about the Masked Singer about four weeks ago, so I started at the beginning. So thank you for that. Did (laughs) Owen deserve
1: the Ballon d'Or in 2001?
2: Absolutely not. It should have been Raul. He actually won something.
1: Goal v Argentina in 98 or winning goal v Arsenal?
2: Argentina all day, every day.
1: Cheese and Owen or Salt and vinegar?
2: Salt and vinegar.
1: Which viral clip is better? Cringe to buy advert or Michael Owen versus the 13-year-old?
2: Michael Owen versus the 13-year-old. Is...
1: And overrated or underrated?
2: Overrated.
1: Thank you for joining us, Tommy, today.
3: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Scree, for joining us on this week's Football Beef.
3: You're very welcome.
1: Thank you for joining us th- this week on Football Beef, Daniel.
2: You're very welcome. Catch you next time.
1: And thank you to you who everyone that's tuned in and listened for joining us. Newer episodes drop every Friday at 7am. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at BuzzFootball, where it is 5 stars on the podcast platform of your preference, and hit the subscribe button. Goodbye.
0: Football base! <laughs> Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers. What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed.